this is Rob Power, and today in Tech's Turbo Talk, we're talking to Chantal Black of Pools Dormant Cycling Team about the start of her 2020 season. All right, welcome back to the Tech's Turbo Talks podcast. Uh, when you're listening to this, it's less than two weeks before the Spring Classic season kicks off. So riders and fans all over the world, including yourself probably, are getting more and more excited about the 2020 season. And our guest from today will definitely be getting excited as yeah, as being a classic specialist. So we took the time to talk about her uh, lead up to the Spring Classics campaign. It starts with a stage race in Valencia this week and it's basically on the road to her title defense in Omlopet Nieuwsblad. So welcome to Bulls Dolman Cycling Team's former world champion, Chantal Blaak. Welcome Chantal. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, start off with two questions. First of all, obviously, how are you? And are we still calling you Black this upcoming season? Or is it going to be Chantal von den Broek Black? <laughs> oh, that's really complicated. <laughs> huh? um, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I'm in Spain now uh, with the team. We have our last team camp. And um, yeah, a lot of girls uh, uh, go from here to Valencia. Uh, I don't. Uh, so I go home. I was on the start list. So that's why you uh. <laughs> noticed. Um, but I, I only do the training camp, then I go home and I start with Omlopet Nieuwsblad. But I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, and then, um, uh, yeah, my new name is actually Chantal van den Broek Blaak. Um, but I noticed already that it's going to be very hard because everyone is calling me Blackie <laughs> or Black. Um, but that's it's also not going to be Broekie. From now on, no, no, no okay, no. that doesn't sound good. I think no, no. My official name is Van den Broek Black, and uh, yeah, I thought I'm a normal person, uh, so why I shouldn't should not change it. And I'm happy I did, but in the cycling world, uh, probably they co- keep calling me Black. Okay, and commentators can keep doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's up to w- what you want. On my license, it's the is my official name, and probably also on the start list, but. Okay, so that, everything yeah, is fine. It must have been like the biggest off-season activity for you, getting married in October, I think it was. Uh, yes, yes, it was, yeah. Uh, I didn't have a really good season last year, um, so it was definitely something I looked forward to. Um, yeah, and it was great. It was a really uh, nice day. And uh, after that, we went for holiday, and I also could enjoy that because, yeah, it was off-season, so... Um, now I'm fresh. <laughs> and now you're fresh and it's uh, your first Valentine's Day as a married couple and you're in Spain and he yeah, probably fair, isn't. <laughs> very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So we're obviously recording this uh, this on Valentine's Day. Um, so how was, how was your off season besides the honeymoon? Did you uh, go for a bike ride on the honeymoon or was it just a non-bike holiday? A non-bike holiday. We went to Mauritius. So actually you cannot ride a bike there. And uh yeah, sometimes that's so nice. Just two weeks doing nothing. Uh, enjoy the beach, enjoy the sun, food. Uh, being a normal person, it's sometimes really nice. So, um, but yeah, after that, uh, I look. Uh, I really looked forward to ride my bike again. So that was good. Uh, I think you, you kind of needed to uh, to reset. And maybe I'm a bit different than other persons, but I can really leave my bike. Uh, in the garage for two weeks that's not a problem for me or even more actually <laughs> but then when i start training i start training so after that when we came back um i started training again and everything went well 
until now, yeah, I had a pretty good winter. And I think that winter consists uh, probably a lot of hours on the bike, uh, yeah. m- probably mixed up with a, with a lot of gym training for you. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I go to the gym as well, but actually most of the time I've been in Spain um, uh, with with the, my teammates, uh, and yeah, and we did a lot of hours. That was the main uh, main goal of the winter. So I was actually more in Spain than I was home. <laughs> so what's, what, what's been the longest ride for you? Uh, the longest ride has been six hours. Okay. And is yeah. that your longest your longest ride ever as well? Or have you had some like really crazy days on the bike? And no, I'm not really that uh, kind of rider. I, uh, I train hard. I really like to work hard. And uh, yeah, every day I can do a lot of hours. But yeah, the six is... Yeah, that was actually only once, and normally I'm with four or five hours. But then I put some efforts in, so it's uh, it's also hard. Have, have you seen? <laughs> I go it? for quality. <laughs> quality over quantity. Yeah. Uh, have you seen it like change in the past years since you were a pro? Like how people were preparing for the new season, like how the off season would look like. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's also because of social media, I think, because everything, uh, everyone puts something on social media. Okay, I did a six-hour ride, I did uh, five hours, uh, and it's getting more and more. And people look to each other, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not so sure if that's more than than before. Um, we we know more from each other what we are doing because yeah, we put it online. <laughs> and but has your training? changed in terms of like the types of training that you're doing say compared to like 10 years ago when we were just new in the peloton yes yeah definitely yeah when i was uh, a young cyclist i uh, yeah I, i need more rest days that's for sure and also uh, if i did a four hour ride it was m- most of the times already enough uh, it was hard enough and uh, <laughs> i was really tired after and now i can do a four hours ride and uh, put a lot of efforts in so yeah and and then actually i also can recover from that and do it the day after again so yes of course i can handle much more training now than uh, 10 years ago um but that's also how it should be i think i think if you are young and you do already too much um yeah then you cannot continue it and and, and are the coaches and the trainers more aware of that maybe now than they were back in the days or Yeah, now uh, now we look much more to data and to power, heart rate, that kind of stuff. And before it was more. Yeah, when I started cycling, actually, uh, also in the pro peloton, I only uh, looked to my heart rate, and it was just oh, go go riding for four hours. It worked out because everyone did it that way. But now everything is much more professional, and everyone is looking to data, and uh, yeah, you can check your uh, your fitness really easy. So, so what's on the home screen of your of your Garmin on the stem? Is it just the power and the heart rate or distance? Oh, uh, the time. <laughs> the yeah, the power of course, cadence. I also find very important. Uh, yeah, uh, heart rate not even. I, I I wear my heart rate belt, but it's not in my first screen. <laughs> That's I I train. If I do efforts, I look to my power and my cadence. Okay. So now on uh, on training camp, you're probably sort of like fine-tuning towards uh, that uh, classic season that we talked about. Um, you mentioned like 2019 wasn't your best season yet. And still you yeah. won on loop. You came second at the uh, uh, European Games at the time trial. So 
I think a lot of people would be still be fairly happy with results like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was not uh, good enough for myself, but it was not a dra dra uh, dramatic season. Uh, I started uh, very good with a win. And then actually the, the weeks after, I also had a, a few very good races and I was there in the final. Uh, so I was happy with that. But then, um, yeah, on the end of the spring classics, I felt already a bit tired and I started to get pain in my back. And after I took a break, I went for training camp uh, and I was able to uh, win the silver medal at the European Games. But then my, uh, my back started really hurting. And that's a problem I had already five years ago. Um, yeah, and you know, if you have pain in your back, it's really hard to, to push some power. And uh, yeah, uh, to be, yeah, to give everything. That's, yeah, I, I had pain every day, so it, it was getting more and more. And then in July, I had to stop the Giro and I really needed to take care of my body. So I was not out, um, but I also wasn't in. I, yeah, it was really like half-half. I was resting a lot, uh, but I also continued racing. Yeah, so it was not really great on that moment. So you were sort of like going through the motions towards the end of the season, and then you got that break. And, and did you manage to get it like sorted or discover what it is? And so you're all fully yeah. fit for this season? or? Yeah, yeah. When I um, I could finish my season, and I was uh, yeah, on the end of the season, I, I was pain free, but I I knew I needed to take care of that, and that's why I also took a long break. And uh, when I started training, I took it really serious, and now I'm pain free. Uh, I don't have to skip any training, so that's a good sign. And uh, my back is fine now. So, and I also uh, believe it's gonna stay like this for the next few months. Okay, fingers crossed it will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So for the next few months, obviously uh, working towards Omloop. So you're now in training camp in Spain. Are you doing like some specific efforts more towards the classic campaign now on training? Uh, yeah, now it's more high intensity. So also with the team, uh, we do a lot of uh, team efforts like uh, lead out training, uh, turns, um, yeah, that's also good for the group, uh, for the team spirit, and also for the speed. And it's super hard because, yeah, uh, you know, our team is pretty strong. And if you have a bad day uh, with all those strong girls, uh, you have a really hard day. Yeah. So um, it's nice to do efforts with the team. Yeah, you managed to like the team spirit. That must be pretty good at the moment with the great news that came out earlier this week that you guys uh, of the team has a new sponsor from 21 to 24 with the SD work. So the team can continue after this for four years. Um, yes, yeah. What does that news do to the team spirit, like you said? Yeah, um, to be honest, no one was stressed about it. Um, yeah, we have a really um, yeah, nice group with girls and also the staff. Uh, we are really close to each other and open. And uh, it feels really like my second family. It's not a cliche. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, um, it's, it's always when the season starts. And especially when you're in April and May. Um, and there's no sponsor yet. Then for sure, of course, and other teams will come. And maybe uh, the team splits up. Yeah, and, and now, you know, we have a sponsor already. So, uh, yeah, we see how it goes now. Um, but we have stability for the future. 
So it gives yeah gives a good spirit for the group, of course. Yeah, and a great feeling to go into that uh, classic season. Um, if you look yes. at like the riders on your team, you guys have so many cards to play in those races. Uh, it's yourself, uh, Jolien, uh, Amelie, obviously Anna, Amy Peters, uh, Christine. Um, it's kind of a luxury problem. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it as a problem though. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 really nice because um, we share the pressure. That's already a really good feeling because it's it's not only one person who has to finish the race, uh, and we are s- super honest and open to each other. So if you have a good uh, a good day, you you can tell. But if you have a bad day, then it's also fine. And then you help your teammates. So there's always someone who can win or who can be on the podium. And if you are with more people with good legs. Then we also figured that out. So, yeah, that's the good thing uh, when you are work together for a few years already. And do you co- communicate that with each other, like already, like on the morning of the race uh, in the team bus, or do you do it usually like f- during the race? That at some point you notice, okay, my legs might not be the best today, so I'm going to work for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, uh, in the in the in the weeks before the races, you know already, oh, I have a good preparation or I was sick or I don't feel good. So we know that from each other, but also in the in the team meeting, we, we normally discuss everything and all the chances and the options. Uh, but yeah, in the race, everything can change. It's 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 a bike ride and you, <laughs> you don't never know what's going to happen. And also the tactics from other teams, the wind, uh, the rain. Uh, yeah, you never know. So then... Um, yeah, sometimes we change plans in the race as well. So, so last year you rode basically all the classics from uh, from Omloop till Liège. Um, is that the same for this year? Uh, yes, I'm doing a lot of classics. Uh, yeah, also because that's my type of racing. I really like one-day racing. Uh, yeah, and in the spring we have a lot of those races. Uh, but I skip some. So I skip Flash Wallone, uh, I skip the Panna, I skip Nokere. Um, but most of them I'm, I will do. And do you have a favorite in there of those races? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, my favorite is Flanders. Yeah, that's in April. And um, yeah, all the races around, they're also super nice because um, there's not one race I don't like in this time of the year. So that's the good thing. Um, but if I have to pick one race, then it's Flanders. Is that one that you maybe then target even a bit more specific to maybe have that peak more, more towards Flanders than to Omloop? Or is it... It's just trying to get like be ready for omloop and then keep it. Uh, well, yeah, last year I won omloop, so that's already less pressure this year. Uh, it was a super great race to win, but it would be nice if I'm a bit later in the season in a good shape. Uh, yeah, and then I hope uh, for Flanders, of course. But yeah, all the races in between are also super nice because I also like um, Strade Bianchi or the Binda or. Drenthe, Gent-Wevelgen, yeah, all those races, yeah, is fun to do. And it's nice if you have the good legs for it. If there's one on your list that you still want to win, it'd be Flanders? Yeah, then it's Flanders. Yeah, that one is missing. (laughs) So that's easier to target. (laughs) It's also not a secret. Everyone knows. (laughs) Uh, Maybe one other thing that might be missing in your career is participating in the Olympics. Yes. Um, yeah. Is that for later in the season a big goal for you to be there? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. It's already a goal for a few years to be there. Um, in Rio, I missed it. Um, and yeah, I'm 30 and I've never been there. So it's not that I uh, continue my career uh, for another 10 years. So um, yes, of course, I hope to go to Tokyo and to help the girls and be there the best teammate I can be. Um, but yeah, you know, it's Holland. It's super hard. Uh, I also realized that. Um, in Rio I was super close and, and now I hope I can make it difficult again for them um, so it's important for me to have a good spring and to show uh, I can be a good teammate and I'm, I'm, uh, I can be a really strong rider is, is it different for you to play that role when you're wearing that orange jersey than uh, from the Netherlands than when you're sort of like in the orange jersey for Bulls Dolmans where you might have sometimes a bit more freedom obviously depending on the course or uh, n no, I don't feel that way. It's, of course, it's different because with your Bulls Dommels teammates, you race the whole season and you know each other so good. Uh, with your Dutch teammates, it's a bit different because normally you are concurrents. But I think we're always doing well together. Um, and most of the girls I also know already for a long time. So, yeah, that's a bit that makes it easier. Um, and for the Olympics, yeah, you have only four girls. So... Yeah, it's not a big team you have to work with. And the last I don't know. In the last couple of years, yeah. you at least managed to always keep the jerseys within within the Dutch team at the Worlds and at the yeah. Olympics, etc. So yeah, hopefully that the tradition will continue in the in the 2020 as well. Yes. Um, all right, we've got the Tux Turbo Talks fan question of the week because uh, each uh, yeah each week when we have a guest on the Tux Turbo Talks, our listeners send in their questions, and sometimes they come from all over the world. And this week. Uh, there is one actually coming in for all the way from Brazil, and it's from Rodrigo Montagarido. And he wanted to know, what is the best way to recover after hard training? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, of course, it's rest in your bed. Uh, take care of yourself. Um, yeah, uh, think about your uh, food. So eat directly and that kind of things. But yeah. Everyone knows normally, but I think it's also super important that you do what you like. So if you um, like, for me, it really works if I do things where I get energy. Of so sometimes it's nice to go to my friends and drink a coffee with them, forget cycling for a little bit, and uh, get some new energy. Because sometimes if you stay in your bed and uh, only think about your bike, it isn't that good. My opinion. So, it's so also, do things what you like. So it's also like just a mental, mentally charging again for the next session and the next race, etc. as well. Yes, yes. The balance in life, I think, is really important. And in terms of food, like what you said, like obviously you need to eat immediately after training or as soon as possible. Is there, is there something like a staple thing that you always take? Yeah, what we actually now, it's really funny. We are on training camp now. And then when we finish the training, everyone go to the fridge and take some yogurt or a recovery drink from the um, after training. Uh, it depends. I always take some yogurt with some muesli. Then I go shower. And then after we have a normal lunch. And it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock or four o'clock. You always have a normal lunch. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it looks like you eat pretty much. <laughs> but that's what you need after training. Um yeah, normal healthy food and think about your proteins and your carbohydrates uh, and also drink enough because a lot of people don't drink enough on the bike. Um, 
so that's the first thing we think about. Uh, it's about our recovery um, food and drinks. Obviously, it can sometimes can take a while before you really get into that in, into that swing of things that you remember to always have your food, always drink enough, etc. On the bike, is that something that came natural to you, or is it something that you learned by sometimes just like bonking on the bike and just being absolutely, yeah, that you had nothing empty. left, was right, <laughs> empty. Yeah, yeah, it still happens sometimes, but yeah, now. Um, a few years ago, I was uh, always a bit scared to uh, eat and drink too much. Um, and now for me, the most important is I need fuel. I need fuel to train and I need fuel to recover. And yeah, and then later you can skip some things uh, later in the day. But yeah, you need some energy on the bike and you need some food to recover after. So that's my main priority. Um so I pay much more attention about that, and that really works for me. So I have more balance in my uh, food and in my training. Uh, yeah, and also if you uh, recover quicker, then you also can train harder the day after. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I figured it out, and uh, I really like that way. But it still happens sometimes then you, when it's cold and you don't drink enough or when you're not hungry or done with the bars, something like that. <laughs> can happen to your comeback totally yeah like on these days that we saw at the world championships in yorkshire maybe not in your race but like the day after when we saw it happen to like a lot of the male peloton as well yeah 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 it's normal like when it's that cold and uh raining and everything yeah it's super hard to remember uh to take a bar or to drink more um especially when it's cold you you burn more energy um I can imagine you make that mistake, but uh, yeah, you need to keep practicing. And that's also what we do now in training. Uh, we remember each other. Oh, yeah, uh, we should eat uh, a bar. <laughs> and did you finish your bottles? <laughs> yeah, it's part of your uh, your work. Yeah. And are you hoping for like those tough conditions as the rain and wind and the cold in the upcoming weeks? In those uh, classics? Yes, yeah. yeah, for me... Uh, that would be very good. Okay, <laughs> it suits me. The tougher, the better. <laughs> yes. All right. Awesome. Okay. Uh, I think uh, we're gonna wrap it up, Chantal. Thanks so much. Okay. Um, people, thank you for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave us a five-star rating, review, and tell your friends about the podcast to hear all those insights uh, from within the pro peloton. Uh, make sure, obviously, you give Chantal a follow on the socials as well. Uh, what, what's the best way to follow you on social media, Chantal? Uh, I'm active on Instagram. Okay. And yeah. Username. Chantal van den Broek Black. The <laughs> <Okay>. official name. <laughs> Maybe you could be the new VDB. VDB. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks heaps for your time. Good luck on training camp, and uh, we'll hope to see you on the on the podiums in the next couple of weeks in the classics. Yes. Thank you very much. All right, people. Thanks for listening. This was Rob Bau with Chantal van den Broek Black of Bulls Dolman Cycling Team. Stay tuned for the next Tux Turbo Talks. <laughs>